Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. I'm excited about today's program because I'm going to be speaking with an economist, an econometrician, a mathematician, and a thought leader in the sustainability and climate finance space. My guest today, Pooja Kosla, is an expert in each of these areas. Dr. Kosla is the Executive Vice President of Client and Product Development with Intelligent. Her PhD is in economics, and her expertise includes predictive modeling, microfinance, and designing impact investment tools. Since 2016, she has been developing Intelligent's Smart Climate Technology. Hello, Pooja, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. It's a pleasure being here at Sustainable Finance Podcast and share my experience and journey with the audience here. Yes, thank you for joining us today. Pooja, on the Intelligent website description of Smart Climate Technology, you state that corporations with large carbon footprints have the potential to make the biggest positive impact on climate change. Can you explain why you think these companies will choose to act on that potential? So if we look at this problem of sustainability, of emission, scientifically, I'm going to lay down two facts in front of this audience. Fact one, that 75% of the GHG emissions are produced by less than 15% of the global companies. But of course, they are the utility and energy companies. Mm -hmm. Second fact that I'm going to lay down is 84% of our electricity is still coming from fossil fuels globally. So if we really believe in net zero, if we really believe in Paris 1.5 degree goal, how we can leave and change the world without getting the full skin and stake of these GHE emission producers? I was a professor in my last life, loved teaching, and the true happiness came from when I was able to turn a student from C to A or a D to B grades, mm -hmm. not, not just working on a straight A student. And here we are finding an easy way where we just invest in good companies that's not going to solve the problem. It's a growth, it's a diversified growth, and it should happen with all sectors and all stakeholders together as a union. Well, good. I'm glad you're with us on the team that's working on that all over the world, as Paul Hawkins says. And I want to focus now on Intelligent, which is the first firm to develop and be granted a U.S. patent for using scenario analysis in a technology that assesses climate-related risks. Congratulations on that. And what is scenario analysis, and how is it used in evaluating climate-related risks for corporations? So 
Intelligent is a dream, mission, and vision of our CEO, Tom Stoners, who's been in alternative energy space, renewable space for last four decades, and David, Dr. David Schimmel, who is a Nobel Laureate climate scientist. In his day job, he works with JBL, but he is a chairman of board at Intelligent as well. And mine, I've been into developmental economics since two decades of my life. In simple world, words, I'm not, I am just a person who is trying to take a, make a difference using an action-based approach. So scenarios are scenarios of alternative worlds that we want to live in. Like, I don't want to live in a scenario of climate that we are on and face increased storms, wildfires, and hurricanes. We really want to make a difference and maybe consume less energy than what we are consumed right now. Maybe increase the electrification in the world. Maybe look more deeply into negative carbon solutions. And for that, policies and regulations will come into play. Carbon tax have to come into play. Subsidies into renewables have to come into play. Reporting and compliances that regulators are setting in Europe and your American regulators are seriously thinking about will come into play. This will change the business dynamics. This will change the cost dynamics for the companies. And are companies ready to take these challenges, these changes, we have to think of their functionality, their revenues, their balance sheet indicators with these socioeconomic policy shocks that we think will come in our way to drive our car towards net zero world, to drive our global climate targets towards Paris 1.5 degree scenario. So looking into these scenarios and checking what companies are climate proof, more ready to take these changes, and also checking what companies are more ready to align towards Paris 1.5 degree target. They will be still profitable for investors or not. It's what we do at Scenario Analysis at Intelligent. Okay, so there's a different, uh, an other side of your work using your smart climate technology that involves machine learning to prioritize companies showing the least exposure to high-risk carbon emission scenarios. So this is sort of the opposite side of the coin in a way. How can asset managers, or how does smart climate technology use machine learning to prioritize companies showing the least exposure to high-risk carbon emission scenarios? So I would say that audience who are listening to me today should look into impact in two definitions. The first definition of impact is how companies are impacting the environment. What is their scope one, scope two, scope three emission? What is companies impact on biodiversity, water? The second definition of the impact is how companies will be impacted by socioeconomic climate and energy changes that are driving the climate change. So intelligent is doing more into the second area, which is more risk assessment. 
And moving forward, risk assessment will become very important for the asset owners. In future, they are looking into a lot of systematic risk, lot of existential risk, lot of idiosyncratic risk. And it is becoming more and more important for these asset managers, asset owners to integrate this risk system in their portfolio, in the modern portfolio theory, in the investment strategies. And that risk measurement is will become more stronger as we keep living the way we are, or if also if we want to drive our economy towards mitigation and regulators come with more shocks and compliances on the top of this complicated business and social environment we are living in. Pooja, how are regulators interfacing with companies and asset managers today related to these issues. Uh, the SEC has become much more active. In Europe, there's a whole infrastructure of policy and regulatory approaches. And we're going to talk a little bit later about the Biden administration's, one of their big plans. Uh, in your experience, is this process moving fast enough for us to reach our goals in the, in the, in the timeframes that we're hoping for? So I would say, say that we are in a complicated game of pass in the parcel. Regulators are passing the parcel to companies that companies should report. Companies said it's passing the parcel to regulators that you don't have legit standards where we can report. Everybody is passing the parcel to investors that investors should come up with a system where they can drive capital markets towards sustainabilities. And I think we don't have time for this passing the parcel. We do see some talks. We don't see any walks, any actions. So I think it's a time where we stop passing the parcel and every stakeholder, regulators, companies, investors, consumers, roll up their sleeves and fight for climate actions together. Regulators in Europe are asking more reporting from the investors. SEC is mandating more reporting on the companies. I think why not do both? Why not make everybody responsible and accountable? And why don't we start with the data richness and the knowledge base that we have created? Why are we reinventing the wheel every time? and delaying this process. Yes, this process is not flawless. Yes, it is an experiment, but either we will learn from the experiment or we will reach our goal. Do not stop this experiment. Do not delay this sustainable experiment. This will be my urge and request to all corporate st stakeholders who like me desire to move the capital towards sustainability. So let's talk about the asset managers now. How can asset managers use intelligence patented methodology in security selection and index construction to create financial products that will stand out in the marketplace and appeal to investors? So intelligent is doing a translation job from climate models, which have complexity of journal circulation models, integrated resource assessment model, 150,000 data points. Intelligent is translating this data to 
corporate company level ranking system, both in equity space and in fixed income space. This ranking is available to asset managers, A, to design their portfolios, B, to design their climate hedging strategy and align their portfolio more towards net zero. C, we are working with partners like Society General, UPS, to build Paris-aligned climate-focused indexes. These indexes are designed and are available to asset managers as a benchmark, as a, as a financial derivative product in form of ETF or annuity products to invest and drive the capital markets. We are trying also to work with data providers to come up with a terminal system or a UI application where you upload the portfolio and the portfolio will tell what is the carbon intensity of your product? What is the exposure to 1.5 degree climate uh, target to your product? So we are working on this translation. We And this translation is available to asset managers and asset owners to design their net zero strategies, to design their climate strategies. Good. That that's that sounds like a, a very interesting project, and I'd like to keep in touch with you about how that's going. And let's get uh, let's talk a little bit now about how the Biden administration is interfacing with this whole process. Uh, they've developed what they are calling the roadmap to build a climate resilient economy. Um, in your work at Intelligent, how uh, or what? parts of their framework principles for this roadmap will be prioritized for incorporation into intelligent smart climate technology? So, yes, the administration is working on getting climate agenda at the top. Administration is requesting and urging companies to report their scope one, scope two emissions and uh, have a lot of pressure is there to get this bottom-up data, but there is a lot of gap in standardization. I would recommend the regulators and rule builders to also look into what TCFD, that is Task Force of Financial Disclosure, is urging. TCFD is urging uh, climate scenario analysis, where instead of relying only on company-level data, develop systems where you can take different climate scenarios and see what companies are well-prepared for the transition scenario that we globally want to land on, which is under two degrees centigrade in 2100. So this scenario analysis is a missing piece in the administration, the top-down approach to validate what companies are reporting to, to make sure that companies are doing what they are saying and what they are doing is reflected and integrated in their balance sheet indicators, in their share price action, in their cash flow. So like in our computers, we use two-point authentication. Why not we use a two-point authentication in our economic structures too, where we have a perfect blend of bottom-up company reporting data and top-down scenario analysis to validate what company is reporting. Pooja, you've mentioned scope one and two emissions a couple of times in our conversation so far. For our listeners, can you give a brief description of what those emission uh, measurement processes are about, scope one and scope two? 
So scope one is direct emissions, like if up there is a plant, how much emission or energy plant is contributing in the environment. Scope two is derived emission from supply chain, like Amazon may, don't, may not have direct emission as much as derived emission transporting the goods from one plant to another just in there, connecting to suppliers. So whatever is direct comes under scope one and whatever is derived comes under scope two. Yes, and and uh, we know there's a, a scope three also, but that's a that we'll we'll do that another time because that's a little that's a little bit more involved, and a lot of companies, as I understand it, are not even measuring scope three emissions yet. So tricky, and I think for scope three, we need a full podcast because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the know how and uh, how to measure it. How, you know, we can integrate so many cross-functionality between the companies and its clients and with its resources to integrate all this data is tricky. And the paradox here is that that contributes the most to GHG emission and whatever we are seeing scope one, scope two is 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 less relative to scope three, but we don't have a solution to measure scope three yet and we don't have time to wait to measure it right. <laughs> no, so let's get started on scope one and scope two, right? Figure those yeah. out and then we'll move on. Now, would you tell our listeners about intelligence transition risk scores, which focus on climate mitigation and rank companies based on their readiness to transition from business as usual scenarios? So including our country, we have signed, uh, many other countries have signed Paris targets where we all want globe to reach at least 1.5 degree uh, temperature rise in 2100, not more than that because IPCC code red report has mentioned that anything above that will be an issue of existential risk on humanity. So in this T-risk score, what we do is that we have a current climate scenario, and then we use our expert team of climate models to simulate a 1.5 degree climate scenario. And then we use AI and robust statistical techniques to forecast how companies' balance sheet indicators, share price action, cost, revenue are going to look like in future up to eight quarters in future for a business as usual scenario relative to a 1.5 degree Paris preferred scenario. So companies, if they if we see are performing in their balance sheet indicator better for a 1.5 degree target, that is they will make more profits, they will make more returns. Those companies are rated as leaders in our rating system, whereas companies where we see there is very high exposure and those companies will be very costly. The transition to 1.5 degree climate scenario will be very costly for those companies. Those companies are rated as laggard using our transition risk scores. Okay, good. That's another useful tool that Intelligent has come up with. And uh, there's obviously a lot more we could talk about, but we're out of time for today's program. So please tell our listeners where they can learn more about the topics we have discussed today and how they can reach you at Intelligent with questions that they have regarding smart climate technology. 
I would, the fight that we are fighting climate change is a very long fight and we need a lot of collaborators. We still have to innovate. And I would like the listeners who want to learn or innovate or collaborate with Intelligent to reach out to us either through our website, www.intelligent, intelligent with the e.com, or they can reach out to me at pkosla at the rate intelligent.com. Great. Well, thank you very much again, Pooja Kosala, Executive Vice President, Client and Product Development with Intelligent. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you.